0: for this morning we aren't officially in a series Um, we are starting a new series next week which was something that God has given to us at the beginning of the year already saying I want you at some point this year to talk about breakthrough so next year we uh, next year next week we're starting our fortress series Um, really excited about this one there's a scripture that says in 2nd Samuel 5 20 that the Lord has broken through our enemies like a breaking flood isn't that powerful And the reason we chose that word fortress, you'll have to come and find out next week what that is all about. But for the next few weeks, we're going to spend time studying the strategies that the word has given us for breakthrough. And I really believe that if you put your faith to it, if you you come to church expectant and attend live groups expectant, that you will see God breaking through your enemies like a breaking flood. Are you excited for that? awesome so be ready for that start preparing your hearts and the word this morning i feel is going to set the stage for the next series praying this week and saying god what do we need to speak on he led me to a very familiar scripture of passage and i hope this morning that some new light will be shown on it for you and your walk with jesus i've titled my message this morning hold fast and a lot of what god has been doing already today in our worship been speaking to us is in line with this Hold fast means to cling to something, not just hang on to it lightly. Uh, I remember when Helena and I started dating, we were in a a ministry school where we weren't really allowed to date. And then I would just lightly hold on to her hand where no one is looking. And then when someone else looked, I would just quickly, like nothing's happened. We're keeping it a rough board, nothing to worry about. Holding fast means there's a clinging, and we're going to find out today Later on, how that word described in the Greek has the the root word for the word echo in it. That there's a continuous clinging onto something. And that holding fast that we're going to talk about today is holding fast to the word of God. I feel that this is a prophetic word for us for this moment. Yes, we should and we can pray daily in our awesome daily walk with Jesus. Yes, we should gather in the millions to do it. But there's a part that we have to play in holding fast unto his word. We, we say, God, we believe everything you said and yet the promises that you have given us. We're going to cling to that regardless of what happens around the world. This week, song, the songwriters got together and we wrote a song, and the one line in the song says, Though you shake the nations and kingdoms tumble down, because that's what the Bible says, God will shake the nations. And maybe that's what we're feeling the moment in South Africa is a God shake, so that those things of his kingdom can take root and stand strong. Though you shake the nations and kingdoms stumble down, we will lift our voices in praise to you, because we're holding fast to an ever strong and unchanging God. So this morning, turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 8. We're going to be studying the parable of the sower. This appears in three of the four gospels, and it's one of these strongest parables that Jesus has used. And we see that this was also one of the first that he has spoken, and he, he was testing those who, was hearing, those who were hearing his words, words and saying, let's see if they get what I'm trying to say. And those who understood the kingdom of God in that point and how Jesus' work had insight into what this parable means. But Jesus is very gracious. Not only did he tell the story, but he also gave us the explanation. And my hope this morning is that you... Would be refreshed in your holding fast unto the word of God in your life. So let's read together. The parable of the sower. We're going to start in verse 4. And when a great crowd was gathering and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it, and some fell on the rock. And as it grew up, it withered away, because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil, and grew and yielded a hundredfold. Four different types of soils, four different types of expressions or responses to the seed that was sown. And then he said an interesting thing. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, Let him hear. And when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. But for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. And this morning we have an opportunity to see and hear what Jesus meant by this parable. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. The ones along the path of those who have heard Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe it for a little while, and at a time of testing, it falls away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life. And their fruit does not mature. As for that, in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you for these words that you've given us. I pray that you will open our hearts as you speak to us clearly from this message. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will breathe your life over these words and that you will use me in the way that you desire to so that you get greater glory in our lives and through what we do as a church, and that we would be a people who hold fast to every spoken word that we have from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Our goal this morning is that final verse. It will be up on the screen, verse 15. In the good soil, they are those who, hearing the world, hold it fast in an honest and a good heart, and bear fruit with patience. That verse says so much more than just the word being spoken and bringing forth fruit. There's so much in there that we need to discover this morning. And what's very interesting to me is that it speaks about our responsibility in hearing the word of God. That the word of God isn't something that just goes out and then we just walk like little robots and it activates something and we just function in a different way. We have the responsibility To take this further, the outworking of the word requires a partnership which we are responsible for. The only time this thing comes alive and we understand this book and it brings fruit is when we understand our part to play and we take responsibility for the part that we have to play. I can say a whole lot of words to people. I can tell Brian, you know what, Brian, I want to give you 500 rand. Please come and fetch it for me. If Brian doesn't put action to that or send me his bank details, he ain't going to get the 500 rand, right? And in the same way, there's so many things, and we're going to discover this in our Fortress series, that if we just simply apply this and take this face value and start living like that, there's going to be a beautiful outworking which is going to cause in us fruit that we're going to bear for God and His kingdom. The outworking of the word requires a partnership which we are responsible for. It's not just the word, it's the action and the application of it. Jesus used these words. He says, He who has ears, let him hear. But surely, Jesus, if you've got ears and they're functioning, I am going to hear. Imagine what our faces would look like without ears for a minute. I don't know if you've ever considered that. If you've ever played that thing or like you want to change it up. But ears are a very functional thing. Yes, it does make our faces look a little bit better um, and it does make us look a little bit more complete but it's a very functional part to our bodies and jesus said you know what everyone here it speaks about the people that came from the towns the multitude coming from another town he said all of you guys have got ears but are you hearing what i'm saying through this parable and he's setting the stage he's saying you know what, so many of you hear my teachings, you hear what I, what I say and what I do, you look at it and you behold it, but it just goes, goes in, the, in, the, in the in ear, out with the other. It falls on deaf ears. And Jesus was were challenging the crowd in that moment, saying, are you listening? Are you tuning in? And then he speaks about the four responses to the hearing of his word. The first one is that hearing, there's a hearing that is taken away. The second is that there's a hearing that takes no root. The third kind of hearing is there's a hearing which the cares and pleasures of this world come and kills. It destroys it. And then lastly, there's a hearing that bears fruit. And I think as we look at these four this morning, ask Jesus and the Holy Spirit to reveal to you, in which of these can you grow and apply it a little bit better so that you can bear fruit in his kingdom. So let's talk about when the hearing is taken away. Jesus said the sower goes around and he scatters his seed and he sows it and some of it falls on a path and then, it's a strong word, things devour it. The enemy is described in the Bible as the devourer. And then he says the birds will come and devour it or the sun will come up or it will be trampled underfoot. Isn't that the plans of the enemy? The moment we get the word of God, he comes immediately and he challenges it. The moment you leave these doors this morning, it's going to be challenged. That's the way the enemy functions. It reveals to us a little bit about the character of the devil. And we see this in Matthew chapter 4. I love this. Jesus has just been baptized. The last few verses in Matthew chapter 3. And then this amazing thing happens. The heavens open. Beautiful picture. Everyone is standing there in awe of the open heaven. And then a massive voice saying, This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. I'm not going to be uh, trying to imitate the voice of God thing here this morning. It's not going to go well. But a powerful voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And then we see literally three verses later The enemy coming, are you the son of God? Isn't that crazy? God just said from heaven, you are my son. And then the enemy comes and he has the audacity to say, you're the son of God, right? Question mark. That's how it is with the enemy. When we get the word of God, we have to fight for it. We need to guard it and keep it because the enemy is going to come and he's going to try and take it away from us. And then I love Jesus' response. He said this in response to that. After the enemy said, so you're the son of God, why don't you turn these stones into bread because you've been hungry for 40 days. Jesus says this, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. Man shall not live by his salary alone, as we heard from Eugene this morning. But by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Our very living is determined by us clinging to the word of God. And then this imagery of a mouth, everything that God has said, and I'm, I was thinking about it this week, how many other mouths are we listening to? Are we listening to the mouth of the enemy when we look at South Africa? Because frankly, when I go around, that's all I'm hearing. Yes, there's a little bit of faith, but then, oh, the next moment we've read the news, and it's down there again because of the mouth of the ministers and all their opinions. There's an opinion in here which is much stronger, that in the end God wins. And that all authority has been given Christ. That means nothing can happen on earth which is not under his authority. He allows things to happen. That's what I want to put my trust in is lean to that mouth. Or the mouth of our friends who say, you should consider this way or that way or do it this way. And it opposes the word of God. The Bible says that the wisdom of God is foolishness to the world. Then I'm ready to look like a fool. Because I'd rather do what he says and what comes from his mouth than lead to the mouth of others that say, you know what, that might be a little bit stupid. Let's follow the wisdom of the world. Our own mouths are sometimes the one that speaks the loudest. And here's the key. Hearing with our ears is taken away when the festive table of God's word is exchanged for the fruits of marginal mouths. There's a feast that he's prepared for us to feast on daily. The bread from his mouth that we can eat. But yet we choose to turn our ears to the other mouths around us. And then that word is taken away. And that's how the enemy does it. He doesn't pitch up in his full clothes and say, hey, I'm the devil. I'm now coming to steal the word. He sends mouths and opinions and other things that comes and in a minute takes away The believing word that God has given us. So that's the first kind of hearing, a hearing that is taken away. The second kind of hearing that Jesus describes is the one that's momentary. Where the seeds fall into the shallow ground and for a moment it takes takes action and it starts germinating. But it never takes root and it dies because of a lack of moisture. It hasn't gone deep. It hasn't said, "You know what? I'm going to dig a little deeper and, and hide a little further down there in, in God and in His soil so that I can grow into the fullness." And this excites me, because this is what we've been saying this entire year. We're going to go for deep devotion, not just an Oswald Chambers, and nothing wrong with Uncle Oswald, but not just an Oswald Chambers, morning quick reading. I've read my scripture, I've read the encouragement. Jesus, thank you for this day, blessed this day in Jesus name. No, a deep, deep, deep. Grounded, seeking after God so that we can grow and that it can take root. Something happened to me that I'm going to share with you guys. I love how Eugene was vulnerable this morning. A couple of weeks ago, I I went through a very difficult day for various reasons. And being human, um, I I became bitter in my heart. There were valid reasons for me to do so according to worldly standards. But according to the standards of the Bible, there aren't valid reasons to get bitter. So I was dealing with this bitterness, and my day just kind of went like this, further, 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 further down. And I got home, but I started feeling ill in my body, physically sick. So I just need to take some tablets. My throat is hurting. I've got a fever. So I told Elena, I'm miserable. I'm going to take a quick nap after work. I've got another appointment tonight. I'm not in the mood for it. kind of going through the motions, you know, those days took the tablets. And then uh, I got up and Elena looked at me and she said, without her knowing what she's doing, she said, don't let, let bitterness take root in your heart. And I'm like, yo, fromis? Yes, <laughs> So I'm like, I didn't respond. I don't know what I said. I just, I'm going to get in the car and go to my appointment now. See you later. So I got in the car and then on the way there, God said, are you going to let that word be momentary? Or are you going to let it take root? Because there are some stuff there that I need to deal with. And I was reminded of Ephesians 4. It says, take away from you all bitterness. Don't even include it in your way of living. Just, just kill it and remove it as far as you can from yourself. And I repented. I said, God, that was the truth. And I needed to hear that. So I ask by your grace, would you forgive me for allowing those little roots of bitterness to come into my heart the beautiful part of the story is god's grace went to the appointment the appointment finished and i left there and on the way back i felt totally refreshed and like a new man with no sickness in my body definitely wasn't the tablets because it was six hours later didn't work out the next morning i woke up feeling 100 percent fine and god taught me a key he says when my word takes root in your life That the fruit of it will be healing and well-being. And always make sure that you don't harbor anything that is opposing to my word. I hope my story encourages you this morning. You know what, why, this is a question I, I struggled with. Why does God allow the enemy to come and taste his word? Because if there's no tasting, it'll just be theory. And Christianity is practical. It's an outliving. I mean, we could study this and we could know all about it, but unless it is tested, and we know that God does this, we read about it in James 1, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, for the testing of your faith will produce a patience, and when patience has its complete work, you will be complete, lacking nothing. But we want the quick answer, the quick breakthrough, the quick way out, because this testing is so hard. But if we allow the work and the Holy Spirit with His gentle comfort to come and test the word and he allows the enemy to sometimes come and test his word and if we remain patient we're going to be complete lacking nothing our completeness and lacking nothing doesn't come by just another worship CD that we listen to it doesn't come by another 30 minutes of Brian and the team leading us, that's part of it but according to the scripture in James 1 our completing and lacking nothing comes by patience so we need to let God and allow him for the word to test us. Hearing becomes permanent and not momentary when the testing of God's word is allowed, celebrated, and finished. It should be up on the screen. When we allow God to test his word in our lives, say, yes, God, I believe it. You've promised this to me years ago, but I still believe it. However long it takes for you to test me on this, I'm going to celebrate that you test me so that I become one who lives in practice and not theory. When we, we allow that, there's a finished work as the author of our life pens our story and completes it. The third kind of hearing is when the hearing is smothered. And um, this is an interesting one. It speaks about the seeds falling and taking root and starting to grow, but then there's three things that smothers it. The first one is care, the cares of this world. We sing that song, turn my eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. We're good to sing it when the emotion is there and the band is churning it up. But do we live it and say, God, the cares of this world is not going to affect me. It's not going to smother the word that you have given me, that the lions go hungry, but those who follow Jesus will lack nothing. It's not going to affect the word that the work that you've started in me, you will complete. But sadly, this is one of the hardest ones for us. It's when the cares of the world comes and it overgrows the word that God has given us. Second one is where it talks about pleasure. Where we find joy rather in other things than finding it in our devotion to Jesus and studying his word. When we read book numbers 7, 8, and 9 to find the answers where one verse in the Bible could be the solution that we've been looking for. We talked about this this week as a staff, about the Sabbath. And we talked about the notion or the reality in the world that so many people burn out today. And then we started just having discussions and it was a really good discussion and a healthy one for all of us. One that we are embracing and figuring out how do we do it in today's society. And then someone mentioned a book and I said, you know what, it's sad that there are maybe 30 books or 50 books written on burnout. When if we just follow Genesis 2 verse 2. The Lord declared a seventh day holy, so rest. We wouldn't have had to write 50 books. It's as simple as that. That's why I love saying that God made Christianity easy and accessible for us, because he's done it all. And if we let the cares of the world smother that simplicity of God, I'm going to take a day and rest and be replenished by spending time with you, then we wouldn't have to end up reading a book and I can testify at moments in my life where I've not done that. And you might be in a very real situation where that is what you are facing. God's grace is amazing. If you say, God, let the smothering be taken away so that your word can take the fullness of the fruit that you want it to bear, he can do that for you. And we're going to have a moment today to pray for one another. So the cares of the world, the pleasures of this world, when things other than God taste better than God, and we'd rather have this. It's like the fruit in the the Bible in the beginning when they said, I desire knowledge more than I desire obedience to Jesus. I desire something that I haven't tasted rather than tasting Jesus and being fulfilled in God. And then the riches of this world. We're now chasing after the things of this world and the latter and the more becomes greater. The word of God is smothered. So hearing becomes clear when the sound of God's word is more pleasurable than any need or noise. So you say, God, this is my livelihood. This is my bread. Reading this is the most pleasurable thing I can have on earth. And you know what? That's possible. And if you haven't had that in your life, we're going to trust God for that today. That opening up this book and reading its words becomes such a thing that. You can't be without. I love to see how Ricky runs into the office some mornings because he's left his Bible there the night before and he just wants his Bible to open up and he sits down and he starts reading. The word of God needs to be more pleasurable than any of the needs or noises that this world make. And then lastly, this is the good kind of hearing, it's when hearing is fruitful. It's the kind of hearing that brings joy to God It's the kind of hearing that glorifies him. It's the kind of hearing that he's going to celebrate over our lives one day in heaven. When he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. My purposes on earth that I've called you for, you have completed. My words that I've spoken over you, you've applied. You've not allowed it to be smothered by the cares and riches of this world. You have not let the enemy steal it from me, but you've hold on to it. You've chosen to grow in me, and this fruit. The Bible says that the Father is the vine dresser. And he walks around, and he cuts away those things that smother us, the cares and the needs and the pleasures. And he chases away those things that try and devour the fruit of, of, of life that he has for us. And he gently puts us back on the right track, removes the old wood, Disciplines us so that we can be a little bit better, so that we can bear more fruit. And that's what Jesus says is what glorifies the Father. It's when we bear fruit. And that kind of fruit bearing is available to us when we hear His word like that and say, God, if you say rest, I'm going to rest. It's interesting how we look at the Ten Commandments, and when someone, the Quibus jumps up and, and, and kills Dion, we're going to go, Murderer! or if uncle joe comes and he tells something about negative about someone else we're going to go liar or if a, there's a kid running around dishonoring his parents we're going to say dishonorer but if we don't obey the commandment of resting we don't go sabbather but it's said in the same breath from the same father in heaven it's as simple as applying everything that's in here And living a life where there's no other way. And then I want to say this. Hearing brings forth fruit when the application of God's word is with a pure and patient heart. That's what this final verse says. Again, it speaks about patience. Hang in there. Keep your heart pure before Jesus. Don't let anything come up. Any bitterness. Any disillusionment. Don't let any opinions smother beautiful essence of my word and be patient in it wait God but I really thought by now wait my son wait my daughter but God I can't anymore my own strength my grace is sufficient for you in your weakness God but this waiting it's been years hang on a little longer because I'm creating in you a glory that is far greater than what you can see right now God but this waiting is so hard just bear with me for a little bit longer. Keep trusting me because I want to see you complete and lacking nothing. And I'd rather be complete and lacking nothing than to run through life and try and attain all the things that I think I should have. And I miss God. And that's what happens when the Word of God does its full work in us bearing fruit. Brian, can you just come and join me with the guitar? We don't need the whole band on stage. this morning I want us to respond to this word and how I want this response to be is a personal moment not going to get up or move around much as Brian plays but I want you to stop and ask God in light of this parable which is a strong one that Jesus said saying Jesus have I allowed the enemy to steal your word have I allowed the cares that I carry my chasing after riches to smother it, the pleasures of life that I find more pleasurable than you. Lord, have I dislike your tasting, and I've heard it and I somehow believe it, but when I leave the doors, it just, nah, this is too hard. Maybe you're in one of those categories, like I am this morning. And God is saying, you know what, I want to breathe over you, life again. We sang it. Fall afresh on us. Come wake us up from our sleep. God saying, I want to wake you up from the sleep of not trusting everything I said to you. I want to wake you up from the sleep of not eating this bread daily. God is able to do that. We always look for the fireworks and The massive, crazy expressions. good friend of mine told me one day how he just woke up the next day and he had a hunger for the word of God and he started reading it like never before. And since then, he hasn't put it down. It's something that God does in an instant. So let's take a moment of personal consecration and say, God, forgive us for allowing the enemy to take it away. Forgive us for allowing the things of this world to smother it. Forgive us, Lord, for the momentary times where your tasting we've stopped. And Lord, I pray this morning that we would be a people who. Like the song says, that you are our all in all. It doesn't matter what happens around us, Lord. Our sufficiency in you is enough. Thank you for your word and that your word is life. Lord, we want to be a people who hear when you speak and when you sow your seeds. So come and show us this morning, Holy Spirit, how we can grow this morning to become fully developed in what you have for us.